This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, it is Earth Day today, so we thought this is, you know, a good time to check out this new report that's been put out by the World Wildlife Fund. And the topic of this report, conservation efforts, uh, protected areas uh, that are protected by the federal government or, in our case, the provincial government in British Columbia. And in particular, they took a look at the uh, area around the Okanagan. We know development pressures are always there, right? There's always more and more development that's happening. And the report today uh, sheds some more light on how that is impacting some of these protected areas. So to talk more about this, we're joined now by James Snyder, who is the Vice President of Science, Research and Innovation at the World Wildlife Fund in Canada. And James, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, Simi. Thanks for having me on today. So tell me, what exactly did you look at? So were you looking at like provincial parks, protected areas? What was it exactly? Yeah, so uh, the report released today, Earth Day, uh, is a national assessment on the status of our protected areas across the country. Um, So that includes national parks, provincial parks, uh, ecological reserves, uh, and essentially, in short, we're finding, you know, significant gaps, but also opportunities moving forward. Uh, one of w- one of five of which that we identified happened to be in the Okanagan, uh, which is our priority regions that have, you know, tremendous value for wildlife, including a species at risk, but also into the carbon that's stored in those important habitats, being wetlands, grasslands, other, you know, ecosystems like forests as well. Right, because one of the reasons why we go to the trouble of having these protected areas is to protect the species at risk. Yeah, one of the, you know, the principal uh, strategies that we've been using um, over the last 50 years towards the protection of, of wildlife has been protected areas. But, you know, surprisingly enough, there's been some pretty major gaps between where we site protected areas and where some of our most imperiled species are. Um, and so that's something that we've seen globally and now here in Canada, which is that, you know, there's a bit of a misalignment. And so we're missing that opportunity at time to really use protected areas as best as we can for meaningful protection for wildlife and including at-risk species, you know, like a number of which are found in the Okanagan region. Right. So what kind of gaps are we talking about here? Well, nationally, you know, uh, pretty significant gaps, you know, as much as 84 percent of those key hotspots of wildlife um, and at-risk species habitats are not yet adequately protected, you know, across the country. That's a major gap, you know, for carbon that we need to store in those wetlands, those grasslands, in our soils, you know, more than 70% of those important habitats are not protected. And so, you know, increasingly as we're seeing these kind of two major crises unfolding on a global stage, that of wildlife loss, you know, an extinction event that's happening uh, on geological timescales, as well as climate change. And these are two deeply interconnected crises, environmental crises. And one of those solutions, one that we need to be investing in in a real meaningful way and really building our ambition on, is protected areas. Okay, so what does it take or what would it take to make the kind of difference that you're talking about? Well, right now, uh, Canada has committed to protecting 17% of our terrestrial areas and inland waters, so that's our lakes and our rivers, um, and where, you know, we're really pushing right across the country to, to get that goal. Um, we're right now, I think, just at a slightly over 10%, but that's not nearly enough, 17%. Some of the most recent science says between 30 and 50% of these habitats 
need to be protected if we are likely to be able to reverse these declines of wildlife that we're seeing around the world. And so over the next decade or so, we're really going to need to meaningfully invest in our protected areas to ensure that they're sited in a way, you know, that has real value for wildlife uh, and that, that we're able to provide important connectivity, you know, between protected areas as well that will allow for species to move. And that's increasingly important in the context of, you know, of a warming world, in the context of climate change, which is that species are moving. And, and so it cannot be simply a stationary approach. We need to allow for good connectivity between our protected areas. What are the at-risk species? Well, the, the Okanagan region is actually one of the hotspots that we found right across the country. There's a large number of them, although we've highlighted in our report two, um, including the desert night snake, which is at the you know at uh, quite um, highly uh, at risk within the region, uh, at risk of extirpation, so being lost from Canada, and that and that's largely being attributed to urban and agricultural de- development as as well as roads, and roads are often an issue for snakes right across the country, uh, as well as the pallid bat, um, and so we've seen uh, white nose syndrome as really heavily. Um, uh, impacting many bat species in eastern Canada and moving westward with each passing month. Um, but we're also finding that habitat loss and degradation is an important issue for this bat species. And these are just two examples among many of, you know, at-risk species that are found within the Okanagan region of BC. So when we talk about, like, protected areas, then, James, do we mean that, like, no parks or anything like that, that just leave those areas as pristine wilderness? Or can there be some park access? I think it can be a mix. And, And in some ways... You know, in, in some cases, it may have to be, you know, a strict ecological reserve or protected area where there's not a lot of recreational use, you know, a place that's for nature, and that will depend on the types of species that are found there, how sensitive they are to disturbance. In other instances, we know there's, you know, important cultural and recreational values, whether it be for fishing, you know, or mountain biking or hiking. Um, and so it's finding that balance in terms of ensuring that some protected areas are there for people to enjoy and love. I think we all enjoy being out in nature in that way, and, and some protected areas allow us to do that. But we also have to recognize that a heavy use of some of these places can, in fact, be to the detriment of the same species that we were there to enjoy. Right. We talked a lot about BC here, but is there any province that is doing a good job of this? Well, you know, it's important to say that BC actually is doing quite well comparatively. Um, and when we look right across the country, you know, the province is, is doing well in terms of some of its area-based targets, better than many other jurisdictions, uh, and having done so in a, com- a relatively representative way, which is one of the key aspects that we look at in our methodology. But that's not to say that we're done. You know, the job's not complete. And if anything, there are really important habitats that need to be protected, that need to be included in our protected areas network. When we look, you know, across the country, we've identified five of these priority regions. Grassland ecosystems in the prairie provinces are one of those systems that are heavily imperiled, you know, amongst the most heavily stressed ecosystems in North America, if not the world in terms of the decline of habitat that we've seen in, you know, grasslands in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and the edges of Manitoba. Similarly, here in southern Ontario, where I am today, you know, we see a heavily fragmented and degraded landscape in terms of, you know, a heavily, heavily used area of the country where many of us live, millions of us live. But it's also the same place where there are hundreds of at-risk species. 
And so we need to be finding these solutions in terms of effective protection and conservation of these lands to ensure that those species are there into the future. And then finally, in Atlantic Canada, we see very low levels of protection in many of our maritime provinces, uh, and where there's great work to be done there in terms of really catching up um, to, to be being at, at that 17% goal, if not beyond. Yeah. Finally, in the north, in just the last pieces in the north in our northern territories, some vast wilderness that has huge importance in terms of the carbon that's sequestered in some of our peatlands, in terms of those lowlands, in terms of those um, you know, permafrost that's there today. And so right across their country, there are examples of places that should be a priority for us as we move forward and, and talk about reversing wildlife decline. That's so interesting, though, because, you, you, you know, you talk about the Maritimes, Atlantic Canada and North, you know, where there is the population is quite low in those areas. So why aren't we doing a better job of protecting some of those areas if we don't have the amount of development and population there? Yeah, and that's a really excellent question, which is to say we haven't done enough in many of those places. We need to do more, and we need to do more quickly. Um, but at the same time, we can't simply um, leave these human landscapes, these places that we, uh, so many of us live in, um, and, and avoid you know, taking those conservation actions. Because if we do, it'll be at our, our, our own peril in terms of the species that we will lose. Okay, James, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me today. That is James Snyder, who's the Vice President of Science, Research, and Innovation at the World Wildlife Fund in Canada.